Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. I know everybody got all these little, we got all these smartphones and everything, you know, and you, we download the apps or we sign up for Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and, or, or we sign up for some website. How many of us really read them terms of agreement? Them terms of agreement. I mean, we just click that little, you know, you gotta click the little button to install or, or to sign up for the website, and you check the box and say, I read the terms of agreement. How many of us read that? I know most of us don't, especially with the Facebook, because you always see those people put them little posts like, I'm telling Facebook that I don't want to share my pictures and yada, yada, yada. Y'all done seen a little stuff and say copy and paste to your status and Facebook. As of today, I'm telling Facebook I don't want to share. Obviously, you didn't read the terms of agreement. That's right. Because that little thing you putting up there is null and void according to the terms of agreement. As soon as you signed up, there are some things that you agreed to. You, you you just you just wasting time because see one thing about a covenant or an agreement an agreement is, is having the same opinion about something. That's what a covenant or an agreement is defined as is having the same opinion about something. So when you check that little box in that term of agreement, you saying I got the same opinion that Mark Zuckerberg got. I, I got the same opinion that, that 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 whatever this terms of agreement is. But guess what? It's the same thing with this word of God. It's the same thing. If we read the terms of agreement that's in here, then we can have the same opinion about something. See, that's how I can know a lot of people don't read these terms of agreement because their opinions about a matter don't line up with what these terms of agreement say. See, because if you're complaining and all the time and murmuring and, and ain't thankful for nothing, see, and, but you still calling yourself a Christian, no, you you really not. You just, you posting stuff that don't really matter because, see, you, you don't line up with these terms of agreement because you haven't read them. But see, another definition for agreement is also to what? To give consent. That's powerful. To give consent. That means that you allowing something to happen, meaning you giving permission for something to happen, meaning that you giving access for something to happen. What are we consenting to? What are we, that's how you can know what kind of covenants and agreements you've signed in your life or with whom you signed them with because you can determine and say, who have I come into consent? What have I consented to? What have I agreed to? Or like the song was just saying, what have I given in to? What have I submitted myself to? Was it to the job? Was it to the relationship? Was it to doing no good? Was it, what have I submitted myself to? What have I given consent to? And see, a lot of us give consent to the enemy in our life, but then we want to pray to God to remove it. When we're giving the enemy an open invitation. 
because we decided to, to pursue that relationship or we decided to pursue that job or, or we decided to, to talk to those people or, or to, to act that certain kind of way. And we open up the doors to, to Pandora box and not realizing that, that we've, we've invited the enemy in. You know, you have people who play with play with the uh, coat. You know, they they play with Ouija boards and they do incantations and, and chants and they think it's all entertainment and games. Not realizing you're giving consent. You're giving consent. So now, how is it that if you give consent to something, then you want to now say, I, I I don't want to deal with it. I don't want it no more. Well, legally, can't nobody really do anything about it because what you've given consent. You've given consent. As you just said, we, you open the door. You open the door. Another word for, another definition for agreement is, and this is the most powerful one, because this is what we have to realize when we walk in covenant with God, which gives us the victory, is that a covenant is to live without contention. To live without contention, meaning that you're living in harmony. That you're not bucking the system. That you're not rebelling against the system. That you're not going against the terms of agreement. That whatever the terms of agreement say, you are consenting and you are not in contention with. See, there's a whole lot of stuff in these terms of agreement right here that we in contention with. And, and, but yet we still call ourselves Christians. See, some people in contention with giving, but they talk about it all up in here. Some people in contention with wanting to drink, but they talk about it all up in here. Some people in contention with wanting to be homosexual, but it's all up in here. Some people in, con in contention with wanting to sleep around, but it's all up in here. See, see, what are you contending with? Because see, contending means to fight. So what are you fighting and struggling with? See, a lot of us are struggling with things because we don't want to, we don't really want to put our eyes on what the terms of agreement and say we want to skip past those terms. We, we only want the terms that agree with what we want to do. What we want to do. As long as it agrees to what we want to do, then we treat it like a buffet and we come and pick and choose the little pieces that make us feel good. When it's talking about getting a new house, we find those scriptures. When it's getting a new man or a husband or praying, I'm believing God for my husband or whatever, then we believe them scriptures. And, and, and when we're looking for money, we, we want to believe them scriptures. But, but when it's saying that, get your heart right. Get your heart right. Line yourself up. Consecrate yourself, meaning set yourself apart. Be in the world, but not of the world. Don't allow those things to come into you. See, we, we don't want to deal with that. You know, that's why we end up having having harvest festivals and hallelujah nights and call ourselves Christians and not realizing, see, we ain't doing nothing but being sheep dressed as wolves. And then we want to be we want to be all right with that because see, it, it, it's a contention. It's a contention. Well, I don't want to take all this away from the kids, but what you're giving them. Right. What you're giving them. Right. See, because the last definition of an agreement is to what? Be consistent. Mm -hmm. Be consistent. I always tell AJ all the time, anybody can do something one time. That's right. that, that don't prove nothing. Anybody can do something one time. And it's not hard to do something one time. But what about the consistency? Can you show up consistently? Can you do this consistently? Can you pray 
consistently? Can you fast consistently? Can you read the word of God consistently? More importantly, can you walk it out in your life consistently? Now that don't mean you don't ever have some hiccups and some falls and, and, and some mess ups, but what about the pattern? What's your pattern? Are you consistent or are you, are you waving up and down? And see, if you're waving up and down, then you gotta realize that's why your life might be doing that. That's why you feel like you're on a roller coaster. Because you're eternally in motion because you're dealing with emotions. Ah. And not walking in consistency. See, consistency don't deal with emotions. You want to know why? Because, see, God is a consistent God. And that's why I know that God is not an emotional God. That's why I know love is not an emotion. It's a consistent behavior. It doesn't change according to the situation. Love loves you in spite of you. Love continues in spite of what you're doing. It don't matter how bad you acting right in that moment because love doesn't look at your behavior for the moment. It looks at your consistent character over the time. See, there's a difference between there's a difference between between how you acting right now and who you truly are. And see, the enemy wants to convince you that how you acting is what you are. Yes, yes. But see, we don't understand that once we get these terms of agreement down, then we can live the way God wants us to. Turn your Bibles in Jeremiah chapter seven, because there's there there there's conditions to covenants. Amen. We don't like that a lot of times. But I think Pastor Paul talked about that last week a little bit, the fact that, you know, you got your part to do. Mm-hmm. See, it, it's real funny how we'll, and I know this, this ain't no feel-good message, but it's all good. It'll work. Yeah. I'll make you feel a little good. I, I throw a joke in there once in a while if it come up. At the end, it'll feel good. <laughs> but see, you will feel good if you were walking with this covenant in your life properly. Amen? Then you... It won't even be a feel good. It's just you'll be good. Amen. But see, because it's funny how we'll, we'll, we'll sign a lease agreement for an apartment or, or a mortgage or thing for, for a house or we'll, we'll buy a car, sign that contract. We'll, we'll sign stuff to go to school. You know, we'll, we'll sign all these agreements and we follow them. Why? Because we know we don't pay the car note. They're going to come and get it. If we don't pay our mortgage or our rent, you're going to get kicked out. Even on your job, whether you realize it or not, when you're filling out your application, your application is really a contract with that company. And that's and in Georgia, it's an at-will state. So they can at-will fire you, but we do everything to not get fired. So, so we, we line up with all these contracts but then when it comes to the one that will prosper us the most, that will do the most for us, it's like, it's like we feel like we ain't got nothing to lose. But, but, but we got everything to lose, and even more importantly, we got more to gain. But we'll, we'll consistently pay that rent because we don't want to be living outside. We'll consistently pay that car note because we don't want to be walking. So why is it that we can't consistently stay with this word of God because we don't want to be uncovered? Yes. Yeah. We don't want to be naked. More importantly, we don't want to be enslaved. Because it says that whom the Son set free 
is free indeed. Well, we know that the Son, Jesus Christ, is what? The Word. Because John tells us what? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and then the Word became what? Flesh. So, and it dwelt among us. So that means it's saying that whom the Word sets free is free indeed. No Word, no freedom. No Word, no freedom. See, we got a lot to lose. A lot to lose. It's more than just coming and listening on Sunday. It's about connecting with the covenant, understanding your terms of agreement. Don't just check the box and move on about your business. Don't just check the box and not understand what it is that we have to do and what it is that God has got to do. Oh, yeah, because he got his part, too. He got to live up to his part. Amen. That's the beauty part of the of our agreement with him. So I said Jeremiah chapter what seven? seven. Jeremiah chapter seven. Look at verse uh, twenty-two. Now let's let's start at twenty-one. Jeremiah seven verse twenty-one. It says, and I'm reading out the English Standard Version. It says, "Thus says the Lord, Lord of Hosts, the God of Israel." Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the flesh. For in the day that I bought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. What are you saying, right? He's saying, he's saying that all this, you know, the Israelites at that time, they did the burnt offerings. They take the little animals and, you know, and, and cut them up and put them on the altar, burn them, and the incense go to God. And that was like they offering for sin. Amen. We understand. I'm, I'm just glossing over that, but that's really the whole thing is that, that you know, but God is saying right here, add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the flesh. Meaning you might as well just don't even do this for me because I'm not really into what you're doing right now. What, what you think is working or what you think is sacrificing is really not nothing to me. Yeah, you, you come to church on Sunday, but, but that, that ain't nothing. You might as well keep that. Matter of fact, you might as well just stay home because it's, it, it's, really, not, it's really not connecting with me the way I want you to. Because he says in verse 22, he says, For in the day that I bought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifice. He said, I, I didn't talk to them about that. That ain't even, they ain't have nothing to do with what I was talking about. They came up with this on their own. This wasn't in my terms of agreement with them. See, how much of the stuff that we come up with on our own? See, and the church is bad about that. We, it's, we got a tradition of coming up with stuff on our own, and, 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 and we call it, we call it, we, we set titles to it, and we set uh, rituals to it, and, and, we, and if everybody line up under this, then they all right. But if they over here, they wrong, and that's why you get all these divisions and denominations and all this kind of stuff. And, and God is saying, I ain't got nothing to do with none of that, because that's not even what I said. That's not even what I commanded. Then in verse 23, he says, but. but See, this is when you start listening. Mm -hmm. He says, but this command I gave them, obey my voice, and I'll be your God. Obey my voice, and I will be your God. Obey my voice, and I will be your God. 
So see, here we have one of those logical statements. Obey my voice and I will be your God. Disobey my voice and I won't be your God. It's that simple, people. He says, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And walk in the, all the way that I command you that it may be well with you. Walk in the way that I command you and it'll be well with you. Well with you. Again, walk in the way that I command you that it may be well with you. What's the reverse of that? Walk in the ways that I don't command you and it probably won't be well with you. It probably won't work out the way that you want it to. Then in verse 24, what, what does he go on to say? He says in verse 24, he says, but they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their, here it is, own counsel. And the stubbornness of their evil heart. God, I know my heart. Mm -hmm. And went backward and not forward. See what he's telling them, what he's talking about right here, he's like, you, you know that little, uh, that little 11 day journey that was supposed to be taken? If they had to just follow my command and did what I told them to do and, and just lean to, not to their own understanding, but in all their ways, acknowledge me. If they had to just did that, if they had to just obeyed my boy, he said, I bought them out of Egypt. I, I parted the Red Sea. I, I, I got rid of the Egyptians in yeah. front of their face. I rained manna down from heaven. Their shoes didn't wear out. I, 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 their clothes didn't wear out. He said, but for some reason, they didn't obey me. Okay, now mate, okay, uh, that, that was a long time ago, God. I can't relate to that. Well, God said, I gave you that job you wasn't qualified for. I kept you from getting killed by that no good man you was messing around with. I kept that disease away from you. I kept them pregnancies away from you. I kept you from getting killed in that thing that you didn't even see coming, but you still won't obey me. Okay, so... He says they went backward and not forward. See, a lot of us are thinking we're walking somewhere, but and it looks like we're progressing, but it's really we regressing. And see, the enemy will put the illusion of progress and success in our face, but when all in reality, God is saying, "No, you're going backward." You're going backward. Because how many people know, how many know you know that when they was walking around in the wilderness, they thought they was going somewhere. It looked like they was going somewhere because where they was yesterday ain't where they is today. So it's like we must be going somewhere. But the whole time they was walking in circles. Walking in circles. Till it got to a point where they finally, somebody realized and they cried out in Exodus. They said, Moses, did you just bring us out here to die? Because I feel like we done been here before. See, how many of y'all done been here before? If you find yourself back in the same place where you was before, that means somewhere you didn't do what? You didn't, you didn't incline your ear. You didn't incline your ear to what God was saying. It says, but they did not obey or incline their ear but walked in their own counsel. Own counsels. 
Then in verse 25, it says, from the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them day after day. Yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffen their neck. They did worse than their fathers. He said, I, I, he said, not only did, did I do that, but I done sent word to him. After word, after word. I, I, I sent this person to speak over their life. I sent this person to pray for him. I sent this person to talk to him. I sent this person to, to become friends with him. But they, they still didn't listen. Matter of fact, not only did they not listen, but they got still men, meaning they wasn't going to be led by nobody. Because, see, how I many know that your, 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 your neck is what controls how, where your head turns? And where your head turns controls what you see, your perspective. So God says that, that you, you got a stiff neck. You won't even allow nobody. He says, matter of fact, they did worse than their fathers. They did worse than their fathers. See, what Jeremiah is pointing out right here in these, in these couple of verses is the four primary conditions of a covenant with God. The first one is, is to hear the word. It's to hear the word. What does he say in verse, verse 22? He, say, he says, incline the ear. Incline the ear. I mean, not in 22, but in 23. He says, obey my voice. So you got to hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. That's the first condition of the covenant. That's the first condition of these terms of agreement is to hear the word. It says what? Faith come by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Hear the word. That's the, that's the first part of the covenant. That's how you check the box. And now you get to download the stuff that you're trying to sign up for. The second thing is to do it is, is to believe the word. Is to believe the word because see what it says. He said, but in verse 24, it says, but they walked in their own counsel. See, when you walk in your own counsel, that means that you're not believing the word that you hear. Yeah, you hear it on Sunday, you read it in some time yourself, but 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 to believe it means that you gotta that you gotta walk in it. And, and you can't walk in your own counsel. You can't figure it out all for yourself all the time. Some things we got to just truly go to God about and say, you know what, God, I don't understand this. I don't know how this is going to work out. But God, just give me a way. Show me a way. Show me a sign. Now, don't get me wrong. That don't mean you just sit around and do nothing. If you're looking for a job and all that, you don't just say, God, just send me a job out the sky. Let it fall down out the sky. No, you don't do that. But what you say is, God, show me where to apply for a job. Give, show me how to redo my resume so that I can strategically put the right things on there so that it meets the right people. God, I pray for favor with man so that when my resume hit their desk, then they know that I'm the one that you sent for that job. See, that, that's how you pray and that's how you line things up. You don't rub the Bible and hope a job fall out the sky. You, you activate the power in the word of God. You say, God, I know that you said in your word that I should have favor with you and man. So I'm asking for favor on this job. I'm asking for favor with my help. I'm asking for favor with these dollars. So see, we lining it up. What you hear, now is what you believe. See, now we believe in that thing. Because we're not walking on our own counsel. That's why Paul said, renew your mind daily. Because see, once you believe, now you act on the word. That's the third condition, is acting on it. Because see, that's that walking but now you're going forward instead of backward. 
going forward instead of backwards. Then lastly, number four is to obey the word. So we got to hear the word, believe the word, act on the word, and obey the word. All those work together. Those are your those are your conditions. Those are your terms of agreement. When you hear the word, then you it, it's supposed to build up some faith in you. But then now that faith turns into belief. But that that belief, we know it's gotta it's gotta have some action. Why? Because faith without works is what? Dead. Anybody can say they believe God. It don't take nothing to say, I know plenty of people to say believe God, but 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 their actions don't seem to line up with the terms of agreement. They they say they believe. God, but yet still they got you know five baby mamas, you know, and they the pastor. So in some way it ain't lining up with the word of God. I know, I know you believe, and I know you acting like it. I know, it, but see, it's a difference between acting and, and, and putting things into action, meaning being. So see, with a lot of us are good actors, but we're not a good beings. So we, it's time God now saying it's time for you to be what I called you to be. It's time for you to be who I said you are. It's time for you to be and do what I said. It said, not only should we be hearers of the word, but be effectual what? Doers of the word. Because yes, see, it's one thing to post and put stuff on Facebook and talk and, and quote scriptures and all that. But if your life ain't lining up with what, what you're talking about, people going to think you a joke. That's what the problem with the whole church thing now is anyway. is because we got a lot of people professing because it don't take nothing to call yourself a Christian. Don't take nothing. It don't take nothing. It doesn't take nothing to say it. But it takes your life to be it. Because it says what? Make your life a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. That is your reasonable service. Meaning that's the least you can do. That's the least you can do. Hear the word. Believe the word. Act on that thing. See, you got to act because that belief in the middle of believe is a lie. Yep. Spell it out. B-E-L-I-E-V-E. In the middle of believe is a lie. And that's why some people believe this. Then they hear something over here that sound good. They start believing that. Then they get a little enlightened over here. And they say, oh, oh, I've been enlightened. I've been turned on now. And they start believing something else. And it's like you don't know what you really believe. You don't know what you really understand. Because you ain't acting on nothing. You just getting a whole bunch of information without application. And then you got constipation. You, you, so it's like you, 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 you just backed up with knowledge, but you have no wisdom. Right. There you go. There you go. You backed up with knowledge, but no wisdom. You know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. See, see, knowledge is knowing that the tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing it don't belong in a fruit salad. That's right. <laughs> Amen. 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 See, it's a difference. Everybody. People can gain knowledge, but see that wisdom comes with experience. That wisdom comes with relationship of dealing with God. And God say, "Yeah, I know you what you know, but let, let me let me give you some wisdom on that thing. Let me let me allow you to look further down the road than what your eyes can see. Let me allow you to experience some things that you wouldn't normally experience. So now, not only will you believe, but you will know. Because see, it's one thing about knowing God and believing God. See, a whole bunch of people know God, but see." 
they don't understand how to know God. That's why their beliefs get shifted. You say that's why it says in the last day, even the very elect shall fall away. Because they only believe in God. They won't sit down and know God. It says in Genesis that Adam what? Knew Eve. So know is a term of intimacy. They say, God, I want you to, I want you to know me. I want to get to know you. I want you to impregnate me with the wisdom of your word. I want you to give me all that you are. I want you to implant inside of me you so that I can become just like you. So that I can walk in victory like you. So that I can talk in victory like you. So you can know who you are by what come out your mouth. You're like Mark Pope swab people's mouth. Swab your mouth and see what's coming out. And then I know who your daddy is. Cause it ain't, if you ain't talking like the daddy right here then I know that he ain't your daddy. I'll be the Mark Pope. He ain't your daddy. That's not the daddy. Then you can go running around the church and fall out and be like, I thought he was the daddy. No, you need to start opening your mouth. I told you I get a joke in there. You need to start opening your mouth and speaking like your daddy. Talk like your daddy. Walk like your daddy. That's how you say act like your daddy. But if we don't read the terms of an agreement, so you don't even know what your daddy look like. You don't even know what he act like. You don't know what he walk like. Because you don't read the terms of agreement. You allow somebody to stand up on Sundays and give you what they think is the term of agreement based off of what they know from God. So I'm only giving you what I know. I'm only giving you what I done dealt with with God. So all I'm doing is really introducing you to what I got. This, I'm introducing you to the term. That's all a pastor really do is say, here go the terms. You need to read the terms over here. We are shepherds, meaning we just guide you to the pastor. But it's up to you to eat. We guide you around the path. Eat. You might want to eat over there. That's some good food, but we can't make you eat. As a matter of fact, can't nothing make you eat but hunger. Can't nothing make you drink but thirst. That's good. A thirst. Turn to Jeremiah 31. Because, see, we got to get these terms of agreement down. Because, see, God is really getting fed up with these so-called Christians. It's done become a derogatory word, really. Where I don't even really like to be associated with it sometimes. I mean, did I say 33? I mean Jeremiah 31. Oh, I said 31? Well, I went to 33, so it must be something over there. We're going to come back. Jeremiah 31. Help me with this thing. Because, see, we got to understand that it's, it's all about the power, the victory, because that's what we really have been talking about. But this covenant is the victory. This covenant is the power. That's why he said, he said okay, that's, that's what it's called, the Old Testament, the New Testament. And see, he said the old is there to reveal what you can't do on your own. It's the law. It's to convict you of your sin. It's to let you know that you can't ever be without me. But the New Testament is saying that you can be all that I ever was. Right. See, so you, you missed that. That's a rejoicing moment right there. The yeah. New Testament said, I ain't getting rid of the old because Christ said that. He said, I didn't come to, to, to abolish the old. He said, but I just come to fulfill it. Meaning fully fill it. Meaning, guess what? It was some stuff that was empty. It wasn't filled all the way up. So I come to fulfill this thing, to fully fill it. So it's brimming over the side, so that it's running over. 
And I'm going to give you a little grace. I'm going to give you a little period to get it right. I know some of y'all stiff-necked. I know some of y'all hard-headed. I know some of y'all don't like to listen to nobody. So I'm going to give you a little time to work it out. But don't don't use my time for advantage. That's right. Because time does run out. Time does run out. And how many know the clock is ticking? Jeremiah 31. And we're looking at verse... Uh, 33, Jeremiah 31, verse 33. <clears throat> and he says, right, he says, for this is the covenant okay. that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. He's saying, this is the covenant. And he's really, he's speaking, he, he's prophesying. Yeah, I mean, no, God, God, I'm prophet to you. Now, I know that everybody don't want to be the master prophet, but that's the master that's prophet. The master Amen. Because right he's saying, for he said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I mean, after he bring them out of exile, after he, after he bring them out of their mess, after he slap them upside their head and let them know that I'm, I'm God. I don't know why you never think I was. He said, but this is what I'm going to do for you. He says, I will put my law within them. See, that's powerful right there. That's a shift. That's a shift. Because see, for the whole while, these have been people that were walking with the terms of agreement outside of them. Mm. It was called the Ark of the Covenant. That's right, that's right. See, see how that sounded? Ark of the Covenant. See how that man makes sense? So it, was the, it was the Ark of the Agreement. And it was, the, it was a little box they walked around with. And, and, and if that box was gone, the people lost their mind. Remember, David and them had to go back and get the box from, from one of them ice. I don't forgot which ice it was. Don't think your pastor don't know the Bible. I just don't forget right now. Amen. But I knew it was an ice. He went back. They, and when they got it, everybody was happy. Because see, they felt that without the Ark of the Covenant, there was no God. The presence of God was gone. But see, God now is shifting some things. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to put my law within them. In you. So no matter where you are, I'm going to be. He says, and then I will write it on their hearts. See, first time he wrote it on the stone, and now he said, no, I'm going to write it on your hearts. I'm going to write it on the thing that gives you life. I'm going to write it on the thing that, that beats. See, that means a harmony. It is boom, 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 boom. So that means, he said, if you're going to write it on your heart, he says, I'm going to write it on your, I'm going to write it on the thing that's giving you the life, that's giving you the steps, that's giving you the pace. He says, I'm going to write it there. He says, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. See, he says they all know me. So that go that, that busts all that old tradition down where it said only the pastor can really know God and only and see that that religious stuff that came out of the old the old the old covenant where only the priest could go behind the veil, only the priest had the knowledge, only the priest could atone for sin. No, God said they all gonna know me. From the least to the greatest. So that means from the greatest to the least also. It don't mean if you think you're great, then guess what you're going to know me. If you don't think you ain't nothing, you're going to still know who I am. Declares the Lord. He says, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. No more. I will forgive their iniquity. See, that's what God is saying. I'm bringing you into this covenant. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. 
I'm going to wipe the slate clean. Therefore, you ain't got no excuses to not uh, come into agreement. So don't say that, I, well, I, don't, I ain't got enough money to come into agreement. I'm too old to come. I'm too young to come into agreement. I'm too messed up to come into the agreement. I'm too, I'm too whatever. Whatever you think you too much of to check the box and to read the terms of agreement, God says, I, I'm forgiving all that. It, it's, it's being white clean. Come on and enjoy this thing. Enjoy this new covenant. That's right. That's right. Enjoy this new covenant. And see, one thing about God, God, God even know how religious folks operate because see, back then, the only way covenant agreements could be done is that they had to take they had to take an animal and they had to cut him in two, and then and then the blood would come out, and they would walk between the blood, and and, and then they would they was basically that's like signing the deal of, of the covenant. So but God said, you know what, I'm gonna even help with the religious folk. I'm, I'm gonna send my son down, and I'm gonna say that he's the sheep, and so therefore he's like the animal, and then I'm gonna sacrifice him, and then at that point, I'm gonna split the the, the, the veil in two so that I my spirit can walk between it, just like I did when I gave it a covenant to Abraham. So therefore now the covenant is in peace. The covenant is locked in with the people of God. Yes, yes, yes. So it's covering either if you want to be religious, we got the covenant and if you really supposed to be like you are a kingdom, then we got the covenant. He says, I covered it all bases. I covered it all. I covered all bases. And see that covenant brings us freedom. freedom. It brings us freedom. freedom. It brings us freedom. See a lot of us spend a lot of time Acting like slaves, not realizing that we're free. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. See, that, I, one thing I, you know, I, I see a lot of people on Facebook, and they do a lot of this enlightened stuff. I mean, they'll be tripping on stuff a lot of time. You know, these enlightened folks, they want to talk about and bash the Bible, and this the white man book, and yes. is what they use to enslave us, and this, that, and the other. And, and it's always funny because that's why I know people select what they want to know and, right. and, 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 and not realizing that that if, if, if this terms of agreement was, was, was such a white man's tool, then why is it that the white man, when we first were reading, he killed us when we was reading, and then when he realized that killing us wasn't going to do, he said, well, I got to get in there and misinterpret it so that I can twist so that now I can get their mind so that way I ain't got to kill them when I can lock their mind down with inaccurate interpretation then I can teach these so called Christian pastors to come up and they just keep regurgitating the same thing because they ain't going to believe it coming from a white man but if I can get the black man to say the same thing that I'm saying then now I can enslave them with a book that's supposed to liberate them it's a liberation theology God always wanted us to be free. God wanted us to be free so much. He said, I don't even want you to have a king. I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. I bought you out of bondage. Why you want somebody else to rule over you when you are? And see, the slaves at the old, they got that. That's why they used to say that the Lord is my master. He is my Lord. Because they was reminding the people, not only themselves, but they slave masters, that you are not my real master. I have to call you master to play the game, but this is my true master. This is my true Lord. This is where my true freedom is. Yeah, you got me locked down in chains, but you'll never have my brain because I know that I'm free. Right. There you go. Because the Son has set me free. And I'm free indeed. Yes, yes. See, turn to 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to finish up right here. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about so you won't think I'm just making this stuff up. Listen up. 2 
sound good. Even if I'm making it up, it sound good. Even if I'm making it up, it sound good. Sound like what I heard. Because that's how we do. We'll, you know, folks will make stuff up, but they won't back it up with the word. Amen. There you go. What do you say? Where we going? And we preach out of tradition. 2 Corinthians. We'll preach out of tradition instead of out of truth. Yes. Yes. And see, tradition is the enemy of truth. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing like some traditions, you know, you, you traditionally, you know, go go over mom and house and eat on Sunday, go for Thanksgiving. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying no. but but when that church no. when that tradition interrupts or conflicts no. or, or right. barriers or binds or hinders the truth, then it's not a tradition, it's nothing but a, 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 a almost a satanic ritual. There you go. Second mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter three. <clears throat> and then we're at um. let's start at verse 4 and we're going to ride this one on out he says such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God see we got confidence he said cast not, the other scripture says cast not away your confidence, don't throw away your confidence, that's all we got we all we got, all we got is the confidence in God, that's all we have, when, when those people was getting beat down and getting slaughtered and massacred, raped and pillaged, all they had was their confidence in God, and see some people want to look at that and be like, they just waiting on a white savior to come through no, see what they were realizing is that all I got is the confidence that God is going to make my situation better than what I see and if it ain't even for me then it's for my children because I know that the word of God says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children and see it ain't always talking about money what are you leaving as a legacy for your children are you letting them know that in the bad time all you got to do is pray to a good God and then things can start to shift and turn around that in the bad and the darkest love of the night that you can speak light into that thing and you can call those things that be not as though they already are. Is that the legacy that we leaving behind? Or are we leaving behind and we just some woe as me? Oh Lord, I'm just waiting on you to come by and by. No, the devil is alive. We stand in victory. We walk in victory. We declare victory. We ordain victory. We demand victory. We demand justice in this world. Because we have a confidence. Confidence. And then in verse 5 it says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything. See, it ain't about me. That's coming from us. But our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Minister, well, I ain't no, I'm not a, I'm not a, a preacher, I'm not a pastor. You're a minister. If you're a Christian, you're a minister. Minister means the diaconos, the Greek word to serve. He says that we are servants of this new covenant, meaning we're supposed to serve this thing to folks. We're supposed to let them know, don't you know, we's free now. You's free. We's free. We ain't slaves no more. Amen. Serve this thing up. Why you worried about that? Don't you know you're free? Why you letting that man do you like that? Don't you know you're free? Why you letting them back pain? do you like that? Don't you know you're free? Stand on some of that freedom. Don't you know that the words say by his stripes you already healed? Stand on that thing. I know you don't feel good right now. I know if you're saying out your mouth it might hurt a little bit more but that don't make it not be true. See that's what we got to realize. Your pain in your situation does not negate the truth. That's what you got to realize. He says that we are ministers of a new covenant. I'm in verse 6. He says, not of the letter, but of the spirit. 
For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What is he saying? He said, we ain't ministering all that, that law stuff and all that religious stuff. We ministers of the kingdom. We ministers of the spirit. We got a covenant of the kingdom. We not only, we not, we not slaves to God. We friends of God. We, we, we sons of God. We stand in the same, we stand in the same oneness with God. We have his will. We have his way. And we have his wealth. We stand not only to give life but to give it more abundantly. That's right. And then in verse 7 he says, Now the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze in Moses' face because of his glory which was being brought to an end. What is he saying right there? He said, Now if the ministry of death, meaning the law that Moses had, if it, if it had glory, if people were in all of that, if people could stand in amazement to that, even though it was coming to an end. See, God said, I ain't never put that to be here forever. It was always coming to an end. What that mean? God said, I always had a plan. I always had it figured out. See, you might have been shocked. You might have been surprised. You might have been discombobulated, but I always had it figured out. See, when the enemy came trickling around in the garden, you think I was surprised? No, I knew how I was going to go down. Matter of fact, I used him so so it could go down because the only way I could get here is through him messing up everything so that I could bring my son to restore everything that could never be took back again. Yes. I had it all figured out. I had it all figured out because I'm the author and the finisher. <laughs> so he got it figured out. Amen. Amen. Then in verse 8 he says, will not the minister of the spirit have even more glory? He's saying that the, 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 old, the old has passed away. The religious spirit has passed away. That thing kills folks. It condemns folks because people get stuck under the condemnation. Yeah, sin is wrong. We're supposed to live holy. Sin is, and, and, and all the stuff, the, the disobeying God, rebelling God, sinning against God, walking away from God, all the stuff that the old talks about. Yeah, it is wrong, but we're not supposed to walk in condemnation. All it is is a mirror to show us that we need God. And now we walk into the spirits and say, God, I know I'm messed up. I know that in this old nature, I'm dying. But in this new nature with you, Father God, I got life. I got life. In verse 9, he says, for if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation. See, there it is. I told you I don't make this stuff up. For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, meaning there was glory even in that. He says, he says if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. He said, if you, if you think I did something over there, just wait. Just wait. Hey, what's, what's, that, what's that song? It's one of them little songs. Somebody do. It's, if, I can't remember the name of it, how it goes. It's somebody, if you think, just. Yeah. So it's like, just wait, just wait, just wait. Just wait till you see me. That ain't the one I'm talking about, but anyway, we move on. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of these little new youth, youth, little young songs. But God is saying, if you thought it was good over there, if you thought it was good right here, wait till you line up with my terms of agreement. Wait till you come into the covenant with me. Wait till you wait till you wait till you deal with me. Wait wait till you see me now. Wait till you deal with me now. He says, you think you got it good now, but when you really line up with these things, when you really walk with this thing, when you really sacrifice to this, 
when you really give in to this, when you really submit to this, then guess what your life going to look like? He said, you thought it was glory over here. You thought you were successful over here. But wait till you see me now. He says then in verse 10, indeed, in, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. He said that, 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 that little success you thought you had, that little stuff you thought you did, you ain't gonna remember. Because what I'm about to do for your life is gonna blow that out of the water. You ain't even begin to imagine what I got in store for you when you truly check the box on the term of agreement after you have read it, after you have got it within you, after you have walked with this covenant. He says, you, he says the glory that to come, he says, like it says in the word, he says, your, your, your latter days shall be greater than your former days. He says, wait, he says, just keep on walking. Don't give up. Don't give in. He says, be weary, but faint not. He says, because you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't even felt nothing yet. You ain't experienced nothing yet. You just, you got a taste of it. You got a little morsel of it. You got an appetizer of it. He said, but I'm right ready to now unleash the buffet. I'm about now ready to bring you into the banquet so that you can dine on all the delicacies of the divine God that he is. He says, just wait till you really get to the party. He says, you think you're doing something now, stepping out. He said, but just wait till you really turn up at the party. He said, the glory that you think you saw last is going to be surpassed by the glory to come. He says, just wait. In verse 11, he says, for if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. He says, that stuff was temporary. Ain't you tired of temporary things in your life? You get it today, you lose it tomorrow. He says, I'm, I'm ready for some permanent things in your life. I'm ready for permanent healing in your life. I'm ready for permanent forgiveness in your life. I'm ready for permanent financial breakthrough in your life. Matter of fact, I don't want to be financial breakthrough. I need you to just keep flowing so you want to have breakthrough. Ain't we tired of trying to get breakthrough? I know we did a whole series of breaking through the Bible, but God said, ain't you tired of wanting breakthrough? Ain't you ready just to live in the promise, to walk in the promise? See, the promise had a land flowing with milk and honey. Flowing is a present participle, meaning that it's coming constantly going. It don't, you ain't got to start it. You ain't got to stop it. It just flows. All you got to do is just show up to it. That's where we ready to live. He says that is the permanent glory that God is trying to bring us into. Then in verse 12, he says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We very bold. See, we got to get bold in this thing. We can't be worried about what these so-called enlightened folk, these so-called new age folk, these so-called Israelites and Hebrews and, and Yahoos and whatever they want to booze. We got to worry about it. We got to understand who we truly are. We have a hope. And I ain't talking about that old wishing and a praying and that kumbaya heal my Lord type stuff. I'm talking about the hope that stands with expectation, knowing that you expect God to show up, that you ain't asking for nothing less but 
but the God to show up. You putting a demand on God. And I know some people say, well, you ain't supposed to demand God like that. Why not? Because the word said, the word said, test me. And just test me and watch me show out. I'm paraphrasing like that because I like to do that sometimes. But he said, test me. Because see, to me, test me that I can see if he's going to do what he's going to do. Okay, God, I'm lined up. I see my turns. I don't did what I'm supposed to do. Now you do your thing, God. You said you was going to do it. Ain't you God? You said you was God. You the God of God, the King of King, the Lord of Lord. Then why ain't you? You said that every name supposed to bow. Well, I got a name called Deficient Funds. That name got a bow. I got a name called Bad Means. So that name got a bow. I got a name called No Good Man. So that name got a bow. Ain't that what you said? That's what bold is. I don't know if y'all understand that. Because he said we are very bold. So that, that's some little extra stuff. You know that extra? You ain't just bold. You got a little extra. You got a little crazy about yourself. Like, you know, like, I'm bolder than, the, I'm bolder than you think I am. That's right. That's right. Because he said be very bold in verse 13. Not like Moses. Who would put a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end? He said, see, see, Moses put a veil over so they couldn't really see the full glory. He says, and in verse 14, but their minds were hardened. Their minds were hardened. See, a lot of times because people don't see the full glory, their mind gets hardened. They, they, don't, they don't lean to God. He says, for to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. To this day. And that's why you got these folks that are enlightened. Because when they read this, the veil is still there. How can you see if you got your eyes covered? Right. We, I, we, we were looking at Matrix all night, a little clip of it. And the guy, you know, when Neo first got caught, he said, they said it all. Um, he was like, my, why my eyes hurt? And Morpheus said, because you never used them before. Because he was like, my eyes hurt. He said, because you never used them before. See, because we got that veil. So, of course, you ain't going to see that this is a liberation book. Yeah. Of course, you ain't going to see that this is a book of hope, meaning expectation and not wishing and a hoping and a praying, and, oh, Lord, woe is me. No, this is a book that we can stand on because it's a, it's a covenant. It's an agreement. It's a, it's a, it's a consistent order. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a agreement. It's a, it's a harmony with God to say, you know what? If I do this, then God does that. Mm-hmm. And then he says... The veil remains unlifted because only, I'm in verse 14, because only through Christ Christ? is it taken away. Yes, in verse 15, yes, to this day, whenever Moses read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns, see, that means that somebody needs to turn. What does it say? Turn and seek my face. That's what he said in Chronicles. You know, those who turn and seek my faith. So that lets you know you might be walking backwards like we talked about earlier. God say turn. That's what repent is. Repent ain't run to the altar every Sunday because you're doing the same thing. Repent means that you ain't even got to leave your chair and you done changed your mind. Because the word done hit you and convicted you. And then you got your hands up because you know you under arrest by the Holy Spirit. Not so that you can be condemned, but so that you can be set free. Ain't that the beauty of God? See, the God will convict you, arrest you, but then set you free. Where they do that at? 
Where else can you get convicted, arrested, and set free? Not in America. Not America. It don't work like that. You're going to be arrested and convicted before you even did something. Amen. But then he says, yes to this day. Then in verse 16, but when one turns, turns, turn, repent, change your mind, renew your mind, open your mind to the Lord, submit to the Lord, give in to the Lord, walk in consistent with Lord, change your direction to the Lord, get on the path with God, turn. Then he says, then the veil is removed. Then the veil, see a lot of us want to see, but we won't turn. A lot of us want the covenant agreement, but we won't turn. A lot of us want the goodies, but we won't turn. See, we want to treat God like a trick daddy. We want to call him up when we want something, but we don't want to turn. God says, I ain't your cat daddy. I ain't your paymaster. I ain't your captain saver. Oh, I'm trying to, to make you turn around so that you can have freedom. In verse 17, he says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is... There is freedom. And we all with unveiled face. See, we all, we all, 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 everybody. See that they see some people want to still, some some pastors and, and teachers want to still have you walk behind their veil so that they, they can be the ones that's overlording over your life. But he says, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes. From the Lord, who is the Spirit. Oh, that's some good words. He says we're being transformed. That don't mean change. See, when you change, you can change back. They call them chameleons. You know, the same folks who had wolf costumes on last night, now they're sitting up in church praising God. See, you the sheep or you the wolf? Is you the you the goat or you the or you the sheep? Which one? How, how's it go? Are you the wheat or are you the chaff? See, sometimes we got God on. He's like, I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to figure it out in the end. Because when I send my wind called the Holy Spirit and I shake that thing up and I start separating some things, then we all going to know. We're going to know. And it's going to be who? It's going to be who's standing on the terms of agreement. Who's standing on the terms of agreement. Amen. Who's standing on the terms of agreement. That's why I like that last part. Because it says right there. He says that it's a freedom. Verse 17. That the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. That one verse right there lets you know. That one verse right there lets you know this ain't a this ain't a book of bondage. This ain't a contract of bondage. This ain't a contract of, of hindrance. This ain't a contract of, of letting you down. This is a contract of freedom. This is a contract of freedom. And if God is at the center of it all, then we know that it's freedom. Because he says, wherever the Lord is in his spirit, there is freedom. There is freedom. See, I, I work in IT and I develop databases, and I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna try to teach y'all SQL scripts and all that real, but, but I want to show you something even in the world how how they figured it out even with some code. Because if you got one table over here that's got some information in it, and you got a table over here that's got information in it, and you want to join those two tables together, 
you gotta have something from each table inside of the other table. That's right. Now you can pull from both tables at the same time. Well, guess what? God says, if, 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 I'm, I'm standing over here and, and, and you standing over there. Well, the only way we can join is we got to have something alike. We got to have something alike. I got to see something in you that's in me. And you got to see something in you that's in me. And then we can join together. And we can get all the information in both. And we can walk together in harmony, consistently, in agreement. Because it says where two or more are together in agreement, then what? God is in the midst. Amen. Father God, we just thank you right now for your word, Father God. We thank you that you are the center of our life, Father God. Not by word, but by deed also, Father God. We thank you right now, Father God, that we give our life to you, Father. A rededication right now, Father God, for everybody in the room, Father God. I'm, I speak for each and every one of us, Father God. And I declare right now, Father God, a turn. Even if we were walking, we can still, we can still line up even a little more, Father God. Because ain't none of us 100%, Father. And I just thank you right now that as you say, as we turn, the veil is lifted. And when the veil is lifted, we have freedom. And when we have freedom, we have victory. And when we have victory, we have justice. And when we have justice, we have peace. And when we have peace, we have joy.